0: good day you're listening to free city radio this is the 131st edition i'm stefan christoph thanks for tuning in on the program today i'm going to be sharing a conversation that i recorded in berlin with sound artist and musician noor sokhun who has long been Experimenting with sounds across borders during the pandemic did a series looking at the ways that lockdown affected residents in Beirut and other cities around the world. Noor is right now living in Berlin. Her work is wide-ranging and looks at the intersections of space in cities and the sounds that define our lives. Often we are not as aware of our sonic environments in the city and I love the work of artists like Nur who make us think more critically about the sounds around us. Here's our conversation recorded in East Berlin this past summer. So we are in East Berlin and we're close to one of the old boulevards. Noor, you have recently relocated from Beirut to Germany um, as a sound artist um, and your practice um, involves many different types of spaces from theater to radio broadcasts to online creations. Um, but I guess first just for people who are interested in knowing a bit about who you are in your work, can you just introduce yourself and share a bit about what you do as an artist?
1: Hi, uh, my name is Noor Sokhan. I'm based between uh, Berlin and uh, Beirut. At the moment, spending a bit more time here, getting used to the city. Um, yes, and I do uh, a lot of things. My practice is mainly research based. Uh, the primary focus on sound. Uh, as part of my research process, I interview uh, a lot of people depending on the topic from activists to environmentalists um, to um, musicians it depends on what exactly i'm working on uh, and then these are the people i tend to interview and i also uh, do sound installations performances and music compositions and uh, video art as well, and uh, publications. Like that's, that's a new thing I've been working on since the pandemic, this has been a new thing. Like thinking about um, online contexts for sound and how to work with uh, interview material um, and uh, like do this kind of storytelling um, with interview material and
0: soundscapes.
1: Okay. I'm very interested in this approach uh, of working, yeah. Wow.
0: Well, storytelling and soundscapes was one way that you as an artist in Lebanon dealt with the pandemic. And you had this sort of collaborative project where you had people record their experiences about lockdown in, in different places, diaspora. Um, yeah, can you just describe a bit that project and, and how it came about, uh, how you developed it? um i'm part of a collective called heya Uh, it's
1: founded by jillian sellner Uh, she's doing a phd in goldsmith and we're somehow a part of her phd and her research and i work with jillian a lot so jillian and i uh, basically applied for this open call and we were talking about how different her experience um, of lockdown is compared to mine or the other people in the collective Um, yara at that time was in cairo and We have another member, Zainab, she's in Istanbul, Um, and just how different it is. So Jalina and I decided to apply for this um, grant and we got it. And uh, it's just uh, it was really interesting. At first, we thought maybe this is really crazy because we applied Mm. for it in the very beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And we didn't know how long it was going to last. We thought it might last Mm. just three Mm. months. Mm. And and now somehow, you know, the archive became more valuable. and uh, when we had collected the material uh, from the people in Lebanon specifically, the blast was also a part of their story. Uh, the
0: blast for people who aren't aware. Can you just... Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people will remember there was an explosion in Beirut.
1: Yeah, on the 4th of uh, August 2020, there was an explosion, which was during the time of uh, Corona, uh, which is, uh, yeah, like the third biggest explosion in history. And... Um, so there was a, you know, their experience, many people had relocated to the mountains uh, after the blast because they lost their homes or needed to be somewhere where they felt safer. Um, well, when you hear experiences from the people in the UK and Hastings, where Julian is based, it's very different. Um, it was also difficult for them, of course, but it's it's a very different kind of um like their their daily uh, struggles in the pandemic were very different for us. We weren't... Um, I never felt like in Lebanon we ran out of toilet paper because people were uh, collecting um, toilet paper because they were worried they were going to run out. It was just like the worries were very different in that sense. It was more about just um, like feeling safe, being away from the city where everything happened. Um, and if we run out of something, it's because uh, like, there, it's not because of the pandemic, but it's because of the political situation in the country. Uh, but I think also the amazing thing about this uh, exhibition was that I couldn't make it uh, to Germany and Jillian couldn't make it to Germany, as I was supposed to come here in um, June 2020, but I never did. So the whole exhibition was done without our presence there. And we had done an, an installation with tapes, with parts of their recordings and the... Uh, The organizers running the space in Dusseldorf were nice enough to set it up with us and we were online with them. And we had also done a sound walk and a workshop without us being there. Um, So it really opened up a lot of doors as to how you could work online and also connect with people. And I think also the most beautiful thing is how people took the time to share their stories from Lebanon and from Hastings uh, that are very intimate um, stories from Mm -hmm. their you know experiences of isolation and then you know in lebanon and then and in hastings and then you have you know of course the ptsd situation and how they're feeling Mm -hmm. i didn't really ask them to describe much about the blast but many people spoke about it um Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that project but uh I mean, I guess with the Heya Collective, we've been working online for many years, even before the pandemic. But it's just amazing how the pandemic made it more uh, uh, normal, and so mm-hmm. people started to approve it. Um, it became more approved, like uh, globally. But mm-hmm. we were doing uh, network performances for the last four years, mm-hmm. four, five years. It's mm-hmm. been, it's been a few years. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. So.
0: There's this um, historian, uh, Carlo Ginzburg, who talked about this idea of space-time being different. So this idea that like, I think often it seems like when there's a conception of reality, let's say like from a Western context, thinking about how was the pandemic in Lebanon, there's this understanding that that was the same reality, that everybody was dealing with the pandemic but, in fact, the space-time is so different. Um, there is a multitude of crises that people in Beirut and across Lebanon have experienced over generations now and have have dealt with it in different ways. Um, but in terms of trying to understand how the pandemic impacted different places in different ways, because the reality is just totally... Uh, an alternate situation uh, in some ways. Could you just talk a bit about about when we think about this moment of the pandemic, um, any thoughts about how sound can transmit the difference in experience, the difference in what people dealt with, how they grappled with uh, reality, you know, that given the history is so different
1: yeah it's interesting you're saying this because now i have to i'm traveling back in time Uh, (laughs) Uh, beirut is very uh, noisy Mm -hmm. Um, but then in the pandemic it suddenly felt like a village uh, for a few months which was quite beautiful you could hear the birds which was very rare Mm. it was almost too silent Mm. Um, but i guess the 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 thing that was frustrating for us is that uh, the pandemic uh, became an excuse for the government to tell us that we can't protest or not that we would listen, but like it it started creating more problems. So the pandemic silenced a lot of things uh, until the blast came and then it felt a bit like, wow, okay, (laughs) I guess we were, yeah. Um, But there was a lot of beauty in the silence, uh, but at the same time, it caused... I don't know, at least for me it caused a lot of anxiety because then when I would, we would hear other sounds like um, like uh, air, uh, helicopters or drones, they felt louder.
0: The Israeli drones?
1: When we would hear the drones. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't help but uh, record the drones <laughs> and uh-huh. then record the helicopters just because I didn't know what, I, what else to do. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I recorded so much in the pandemic when I was there to kind of keep myself together. I was just just, I was just just, uh, I was just recording all the time yeah 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 yeah. I mean I have some really good recordings of helicopters uh, (laughs) yeah particularly Um, but that's because they were so loud we're used to them being like part of the ambience you know but when things are silent uh, they're quite loud and um, yeah I mean there was a lot of emptiness and the lack of sound and so when the sound came back uh, there's comfort in that, but unfortunately it was a very loud sound <laughs> when things uh, slowly started to open up again. Mm. Um, but from coming here, uh, like for example, being in Berlin in November or just, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed how different the pandemic is here, like how restricted it is, how, how in Lebanon for us it was like the least of our, our worries because there's so many other worries. So the pandemic just felt like one of the things. It didn't feel like such a serious thing. Um, mm. I mean, of course, we worry about the elders and everything, but it was more a personal choice. People didn't really follow you if you didn't wear your mask. You know, it was just for like the first two three months. It wasn't as serious as it is here mm-hmm. uh, because of, you know, all the different layers of uh, mm-hmm. um, corruption. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but the silence was definitely so loud uh, during this time. Wow.
0: Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sound can sort of create a way to travel, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's one thing I appreciated about engaging with your work, these sort of like audio letters or soundscape letters during the pandemic. You know, we were talking about this earlier, the idea that a sound piece or a piece of art can sort of capture a moment and you can sort of revisit that moment. Um, and when listening to it, it's like you're aware in a deeper way of things that maybe you weren't reflecting on at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like sort of opens up a portal in a way. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that speaks to you at all as a sound artist.
1: No, definitely. I mean, I just, um, I had done a a piece uh, around April uh, last year that had to do, uh, it was called, I prefer to travel. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of irony in that. Wow. And then uh, it was for Beir- commissioned by Beirut Art Center. And then they reached out to us this year uh, to have a conversation with someone about the work. Okay. And so I decided to have a conversation with um, uh, Cynthia Zavane, very, very talented uh, composer. And um, it just happened that when I played in Frankfurt in September, that she was there and I got to know her. And that's when I really traveled. Cool. Uh, and then I somehow ended up staying in Germany. Oh. And so I decided to have the conversation with her um, because she was also commissioned this piece and it just felt, she really encouraged me to stay and find a way in bet- like to be in two places at once somehow, which I'm still figuring out. Um, but yeah, that piece was called, I prefer to travel. And, and when I did it, I don't know if I really meant, I don't feel like I really meant that I wanted to leave. I didn't want, I never felt that I wanted to leave, but I just sometimes prefer to travel like Mm -hmm. at least in my mind that's what i I do with the sounds um but when i look back now and i listen to the piece it's almost like um i mean when i'm in beirut i'm collecting a lot more sounds than when i'm here uh for example Mm -hmm. and somehow the 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 archive like the the -hmm. everything on the hard drive or on the computer's memory is kind of like my little I don't know, it's like the umbilical cord that keeps me attached, you know, that keeps me um connected. And uh, we were talking about this and uh and it's just it's just funny because when I did this piece and I called it I prefer to travel, I had no idea that I was going to be, you know, here in Berlin today. No. Um trying like being in two places at once somehow. Um but yeah, travelling with sound is uh it's all uh, all we can really do I mean that's the that <laughs> I hope that makes sense somehow but it is I mean this is why we do it to it's travel fine. It's fine. to travel no there's nothing better than that um, and especially when you listen back to uh, field recordings um, mm. uh, specific dates or specific times um, like when I moved to uh, after the blast I moved to another house and uh, it was like in, on Beirut. The, in Beirut yeah in Ashrafiyeh as well and uh, I was living next to the highway so I also did a lot of recordings there and every day on the like on the highway you would understand what's happening in the city based on what you're hearing on the highway if there's a lot of honks that means that oh there's a crisis at the gas station if there's many ambulances there might be a fire somewhere or um, Mm. like some kind of situation if there's many helicopters, then someone from the government is moving around the city. Uh, If there's, you know, and I could just tell all of this through sound sound, um, from the balcony. And uh, Mm. yeah, so in that sense, it tells I was able to understand what's happening just by listening to the highway. Um, So that was my news. (laughs) Mm very very close to what's really happening yeah
0: you're in berlin at this like moment where i think you know historically berlin has been like the center of a lot of political discussion internationally obviously because of its history but also now berlin is a center of diasporas uh, for lebanon for jordan for palestine for syria and only visiting can you really understand how much diasporas are playing a huge role in this city? So how is it for you, like interacting with the city, given like the huge presence of like people from Lebanon, Palestine, Syria? um, This city feels very international in a way, but it's also still part of the western world totally the power lies with the german state but on the street you also feel another power of the different diasporas
1: i'm still navigating through my feelings with that actually to understand how i feel about it because i there is a beauty in being able to know that if I want a shawarma, I could just get a shawarma. No, it's true. I feel closer to home, you know, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. And that I could just step out of the Uban, or while I'm in the Uban, I hear someone talking Lebanese, then I hear Egyptian, then I hear Palestinian, then yeah. I hear... I mean, that is incredible. It's very... Um, that's why sometimes I feel like I didn't leave, so it gets yeah. a bit confusing. Um, and then when I start running into people that I used to just see in Beirut... Like, because it's such a small city that you just, there's people that you know. You're not necessarily friends with them, but yeah. you know them. You say, hi, you know, people that you know. Mm-hmm. And now these people that I know, I'm running into in Berlin. So that becomes so confusing in a way. So it's, it's, um, it's beautiful, but it's also painful because it's a bit like we all, uh, many of us had to leave. Not because we necessarily wanted to leave, but... Uh, mm-hmm um mm-hmm. to try to find uh, security elsewhere which is um so now the challenge is like i get, yeah like how to exist here within this framework and find the uh a, a different way to be around the diaspora and also uh um with everybody not just diaspora you know like just to to be able to work collaboratively with everybody mm-hmm. and to figure yes. out um uh, yeah. Uh, to develop our our voices here, and I think this is something that from when i'm speaking to a lot of uh, diaspora th- something that a lot of us are struggling with because if you really want to understand a place, whether it's you know uh, your hometown or a new city, you have to know the language and um, integration takes quite a lot of time here um, so all of that is somehow a part of it, uh, but there's a lot of beauty in when I go to a a typical falafel or shawarma shop. I can speak my own language. You can't find that uh, in other parts of Germany. It's quite rare, mm-hmm. um, and there's a, yeah a lot of beauty in that too. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So somehow this place uh, presented a lot of op- is presenting a lot of opportunities uh, mm. for us, but it's also yeah it's it's challenging. This is uh, this is mm. why I'm trying to meet with uh, more diaspora to talk about this and to see um you know like where, where do we go from here like how do we where do we stand how do we speak how do we all somehow collaborate um uh, because i see that many of uh the ones i meet that haven't been here for that long are also struggling to just function efficiently uh, in the first year <laughs> as an wow. individual yeah because yeah. it's a lot of change it's a lot of change before being able to think about Uh, their practice or their cultural work or other things. It's just like just uh, dealing with bureaucracy
0: in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, in that way, it seems like there's many worlds in Berlin. Exactly. There's one world that holds the power, the German state. But then with outside of that, there's German society. There's all the German subcultures, but then all the different diasporic subcultures. Berlin's own subcultures and histories of the East and West, yeah. I mean, that was immediately apparent to me, like, seeing the multitude of worlds yeah. here in Berlin, which is also represented in sound. So now you're here, and, like, how, how's your work going here as a sound artist? Is there anything that you're working on these days that you would like to share with people or projects that you're excited about that you're working on? I mean... Uh related
1: to berlin or not yeah i mean berlin is the first place i ever felt uh, that i oh, i want to produce an album like it's oh. a bi- it's a bit strange because yes i've done a lot of you know produced a lot of sure. sound compositions yeah. that are like somehow longer than albums or you can call them an album but but here somehow i felt the need to make an album
0: nice.
1: and maybe it's because i feel the need to have a, like a, just a physical, uh, it's called, um, it it would be inspired from the piece I did called Beirut Berlin Birds. And, uh, I guess it's because I feel that I I desire an artifact to keep the connection going, like almost like a bridge, uh, not just for me, but for um, many of the diaspora or the people that had to flee. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still not sure if the name of the, Album will be this but it's in process it will be released crossing fingers at the beginning of next year Um, yeah and it it basically I mean I did the piece as a performance uh, in February and I performed it in other spaces but it basically um, talks about immigration uh, and the process of um, because I had interviewed several uh, people uh, in Berlin and in Leipzig and some in beirut as well um, with this other uh, german artist called elizabeth Kraus, about uh, their process of immigration and what they were able uh, to take with them and they were able to take any object with them or some something and uh, most of them couldn't really take anything with them but papers and i asked them how did they travel how did they come Many of them walked, you know, they came by foot or by boats, by sea, by plane, by car, by... So yeah. somehow this uh, performance on this album yeah. uh, has to do with, has all of these sounds in it, these modes yeah. of transport, like the journey. And I use these kind of objects as well while performing. Um, and then maybe the, the little dream would be like if somehow this album could um, make or like allow other others to feel uh other immigrants to feel like they're somehow like some they're not alone in this process or there's someone else with them and if somehow this album could help people that need to leave or somehow in a way you know Mm -hmm. um so i'm still uh thinking about how i'm going to develop that further um yeah
0: well thanks for sharing about that um can you just let people know your website and any final thoughts you want to share just so people can learn more about your work?
1: Yes. Uh so my website is uh www.nursukhan.com and uh my Instagram is also Nursukhan. And um Yeah, I guess uh I guess the la- the last thing I would like to share is that um yeah, I would like to say thank you for listening, oh. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I try to, uh, try to if you're living in a city or if you're living in the countryside, I don't know where you're living, whoever's listening, but try to remove your earphones and listen uh, around you, because everything keeps changing uh, mm. so much, especially mm. in the last two years, um, and uh, yeah. Nice, yeah. thank you. Thank you
0: that was a conversation with sound artist Noor Sukhun who's based in East Berlin. This is part of a series of interviews that I recorded during a visit to Berlin this summer. Thank you so much to Noor for being on the program today. Please visit our archive and audio online at soundcloud.com radio. There you can find links to this interview and Information about NUR's practice, Free City Radio is a weekly program uh, that you can hear on CKUT 90.3 FM on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., on CJLO 1690 a.m., also in Giajage, Montreal, broadcasting on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock, also on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, Treaty 1 territory of the Métis Nation, that is broadcasting on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario on Wednesdays at 11.30. And most recently on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, BC at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find our archives, as mentioned, soundcloud.com slash radio. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find us there. Just look us up. And I will go out with the sound work by Noor Sukhun. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Take care.